Hello and welcome to Super Rugby Round 16 Review, brought to you by Driving Mall. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, your best place for rugby opinion and predictions. And I'm excited tonight because there's somebody I have been trying to get on this show for a few months now, and he keeps ducking and diving. But <laughs> I called him out in uh, uh, I called him out uh, in public, and he uh, had to come on. So, uh, um, welcome, Henry. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Um, thanks for having me on. I don't think I've been ducking and diving, um, but um, I, I am here now, so I'm looking forward to um, discussing some Super Rugby with you. Yes, and diving straight into... Actually, well, first off, um, uh, you've obviously can see Henry's uh, Twitter, Twitter name on the... Uh, uh, if you watch on YouTube. Uh, if you're not, it's um, HYPR Sports, Hypersport. Um, uh, so get uh, for those of you on the podcast, so go, do, um, do look him up. So we kick things off. On Friday nights, Highlanders versus the Hurricanes. Um, and there's been a lot of people sort of moaning about how the, the poor performance of the Hurricanes. But to me, I mean, they were in this one for the, for the first sort of, for the first hour or so, really. It wasn't, uh, wasn't the, the bad performance I don't think those people are being, making it out to be. Yeah, I think the, the Hurricanes have to be careful, though. I think they are kind of snowballing in their performances and they aren't, they're kind of staying consistently average. Um, and I was at the Crusaders game last week when we played them, and um, Bodie, big players like that, they didn't have the best games. I think he put one off the side of his boot straight into touch. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, it wasn't terrible. They're still scoring tries. They're still um, doing their strike plays quite well. Um, but, but yeah, it was I'd rate it probably about a, a 6 or 7 out of 10 performance. Yeah, so, and I think it's kind of interesting, I thought, from the evening that the Highlanders kicked the ball a lot less um, in this game, uh, kept it in hand and basically tried to starve the the, uh, the Hurricanes' backs of ball, uh, and it worked for them on the night. Uh, normally, you see the, the Highlanders try to put up a lot of contestable kicks, but a, a relatively low, only only 17 kicks from hand by them. So yeah, yeah this was much a, a different game plan was put, was pulled out the out the uh, out, out the locker room. Yeah, I think that's a very smart strategy against the Hurricanes too. Um, you've got to just be smart with your time. You can't let those big players, um, Savia and uh, Bowden Barrett, Geordie Barrett, you can't let them just constantly get their hand on the ball. Um, so I think it was smart from the Highlanders. And they did manage to dom- dominate um, territory and possession. I thought it was interesting that early on they decided they would uh, they would kick their kick the three points. Um, but as soon as the Hurricanes started to didn't take the same approach and would take and were taking tries. We saw the Highlanders start to turn down kicks at posts and go, okay, this is a seven, this is a five and seven point game, not a three game. Yeah, yeah, and I think that just comes down to leadership on the field, um, and that it's good that they can make those decisions and and just have the the guts to just make those decisions. Um, sometimes coaches get too involved and they say this is our strategy for the game, we cannot deviate from that. So um, yeah, I think it's good for the Highlanders going forward that they can make those on field decisions, like we need to attack this game more than we thought. No, absolutely, and the um, the referee had though. Let's be honest, a little bit of a, an interesting game. Um, yep. I think with this one, Jordy uh, Barrett got one try, and then had one disallowed after uh, after an intercept. Sure, um, there was a there was definitely some foul play leading up to it, but if you're going to disallow a try, surely the penalty has to go to the defending team, not to the attacking team. Um, yeah. So I was a bit confused by all that. Honestly, I was a bit confused as well. Um, yeah, you think I'm not sure exactly what the to the letter advantage laws are in that situation, but yeah, you think if you were going to bring it back for a penalty for the team that scored it, that seems a bit strange. So, 
I'm definitely with you on that. Yeah, and I've not heard of you. I don't know if, you, if, you, if, if Julian Surveyor has been um, has been called up for his his thrown punch or not. Um, I did not see the thrown punch. I I went. I saw the second half of this game, um, oh. so I didn't see that punch. But I did see the the swinging arm. Um, was the punch bad? Oh, he he dives over. He dives over Ruck and and, yeah. and and throws a punch. And just as we're about to see where the punch lands, all the all the cameras pan away to follow the ball. So we don't right. actually know what he hit, but he definitely had a big old swing. Uh, yeah. So, and this was an interesting one that someone I saw someone say on Twitter that the the laws are um, is act is if you do physical or verbal um, abuse of somebody is punishable. Yeah. Attempted physical abuse isn't because you haven't actually delivered any physical abuse. So, so he could swing right up to his face and stop there, and, and that as, would be. And as long as he doesn't actually contact, yeah. So yeah, so if you're bad at See, punching, seems, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you got a weak punch, yeah. Maybe if um, it seems strange because it's hard to quantify verbal abuse as well. Like, where's the line between banter and just and really truly, you know, offending someone? Um, that seems kind of hard to justify as well it does and they don't they generally keep it down to anything that's sort of um that's basically racist or or, yeah. or, or, or that sort of thing so i i yeah that's that that's fine and i've never actually had someone go well he attempted um verbal yeah, abuse, um, verbal abuse yeah. but, we, but we have people who have attempted physical abuse and failed yeah but um, he just got terrible chat so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll let you off um so they got that one disallowed uh that was very important i thought just before half time that or on half time that the Highlanders uh, got um, uh, got their try, uh, tap and go uh, with a lovely inside ball and uh, Lee in for the uh, um, for the try. Scoring just before half time is always important um, and getting that one point lead. Yeah, yeah. And just looking back at that try, um, one of the Hurricanes locks I think just comes out of the line when you shouldn't off. If you just held that line, they would have been fine, I think. But it was a brilliant. Uh, backhanded offload there as well so um yeah good try um into the second half um and again some interesting refereeing ricciatelli deliberate knock on but no yellow card because there was apparently no overlap and that's the first time i've heard a referee refer to that as well i might leave that one up to someone in the chat (laughs) (laughs) they may know more than me on the those sorts of things so yeah so i was a bit confused by that one Mm. um the, normally, I, I don't. I don't like to go at the ref. There were, there were a couple of those two particular calls seemed a bit strange. It seemed like the referee was making his own laws on the rule on the pitch. And as well, at the end of the day, he is the law on the pitch, so I guess he can yeah. do to a certain degree. Um, ben Smith back to his uh, back, back to his best bit in this game, creating the next try. Yeah, that try was interesting as well. And another weird um, refereeing miss was where um, who was it? Sopawanga came back through the line and kind of dived back through. Um, and just nicked the defender's feet. I'm not sure if that caused the try, like Ben Smith may have got through anyway, but that's just something I picked up as well. But yeah, it was a great run from Ben Smith, and if you see an opportunity like that, you've got to take it regardless of what the referee's doing and what the your own players are doing. So um, I hope he continues. Absolutely. And then the, the Highlanders got caught napping um, when there was a quick line-out, and uh, Neymar Scudder um, took out three players, uh, you, know, you don't really associate him with sort of power play and taking out players, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, did that release the player and yeah, uh, yeah uh, got put the um, Canes back in the lead. Yeah, it was a good offload off the ground. 
um, it was funny. Um, Tumunga Allen scored the try, but he kind of looks inside him, sees there's another prop, and he's like, well, there's no point passing because we're both props. Um, so he just goes for the try. Um, but, but yeah, it was good for Milner Scudder, and he, um, I think it's getting so hard now for defenders to shut down offloads, and, the, and even when players are on the ground now, they have to quickly get over and just stop that offload. Um, so, yeah, good for Milner Scudder. Yeah, and it's going to get even harder with the new uh, nipple rules that we've uh, that have been brought yeah. in for the under twenties. Um, I've not seen any of those games yet. Hilarious. but uh, Yes, it's going to be fun. Um, and then basically the Highlanders ran away from it from there. Um, I thought Franklin had a a, a very big night um, with the lineouts. Um, the Hurricanes only were successful with seven out of twelve of their of their lineouts, which is criminal um, at this level, uh, yeah. and a big factor in them not being able to basically exit their end of the pitch. Yeah, definitely. What was the position and territory in that game at the end of the day? So at the end of the day, Highlanders 65% possession and 68% territory. Yeah, and I think that's how you have to beat the Hurricanes. You have to pin them back and starve them of ball. Um, In fact, any dangerous team like that is the best strategy to use. Um, A lot of people were asking why Geordie kicked it out at the end after a few phases. Um, It was just because basically there was nothing to be gained. There was no bonus points to be gained and, you know, only injuries, so... Um, that's why he kicked it out. And then, of course, he went for his um, McDonald's in, in the wrong room after that. <laughs> oh, Jeremy. Um, and uh, just talking about that, what's he doing out at 20 past five in the morning? <laughs> there is, there yeah. Are, there, uh, yeah. There's a whole bunch of studies out of the States um, that show that getting eight hours sleep a night improves uh, high-performance athletes' performance. Yeah. Uh, these guys need to be getting sleep and rest. Uh, recuperation is supposed to be what it's all about. They do, um, yeah. And I feel sorry. Uh, I, the people I feel really sorry for are KFC. They sponsor all the... Well, KFC do all the sponsorship. Oh, and then, yeah. And then yeah, as yeah, soon as... And then he goes and gets Maccas <laughs> and gets, puts Maccas all over the papers. And it's just... Oh, they should, oh, should get subsidised KFC, really. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's funny. I think it, like people will look back on it and just laugh at it eventually. Like there's a, There's a lot of outrage here in New Zealand at the moment about that for some reason. Um, but yeah, it's I just find it hilarious. Like, um, and yeah, he should be getting eight hours sleep. You're absolutely right. But um, I think it's a fine line between you have to like let them have a little bit of freedom sometimes, professional players. Otherwise, you just end up like John Mitchell and you're a dictator. So, um, yeah, and of course, yeah, the, the, this one, I think, yes, they went in the wrong room. They're in a, yeah. they're, they're not. It's 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 yeah. not that it's it's not their town. Um, uh, if, if you're two females in in, in a in, oh. in, in a flat, are you going to come? Out. Yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. going to come out and go, guys, get out of my house. You're going to be phoning the police straight away. Everyone's like, absolutely. Oh, they must yeah. have phoned the police because they stayed. No, no. If there's a stranger in my house, yeah. I'm calling the police straight away. I'm not even. I'm absolutely, locking my bedroom yeah. door. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it, hopefully it is all as they said, and it's just a mistaken identity. They got the mistaken identity of the house. Uh, no big deal. Um, yep. and uh, perhaps send the girls a couple of signed shirts um, <laughs> the least they could do they to say sorry and um, they got free accommodation really for a while exactly yeah it's cold down there as well I mean hey they could have, been, <laughs> could have got pneumonia um, so yeah fantastic result for the Highlanders uh, to, to wrap up that um, 30 points to 14 I must admit I thought that uh, during that second half uh, when they had uh, Sopawanga's kicking was a, was a bit off uh, his radar was off I thought that might come back to hurt them, but they end up scoring plenty of points, and so it wasn't a problem for them in the end. Yeah, I think, um, where are they sitting now? Fourth and fifth, these two teams? Um, so it's it's kind of looking like there's those two teams and the Chiefs are now just kind of sitting in the, those wildcard positions. 
Um, yeah, we'll see who ends up on top out of those three. It's going to be interesting these last three rounds. Yeah, it's really difficult for them to catch the Crusaders now. Um, yeah. With uh, after, after this has happened. I guess the other point about this is the reason for Geordie kicking it out is uh, that the Highlanders were on four tries, the Hurricanes on two. If the Highlanders had scored another try, they would have got the bonus point. So it's also stopping yep. the opposition from getting a bonus point as well. So it, it was definitely. definitely the right thing. Yeah. So after that, we went on to, we moved up north to the train wreck that is the Blues. Um, I've, I, I, the Blues still haven't won at home all season. It's my team. I, I just really don't understand what's, uh, don't, yeah. Um, anyway, they lost to the Rebels 10-20. Uh, um, and another situation where the Rebels just dominated possession and territory. The Blues just couldn't get out of their half and just got dealt with. Yeah, I was shocked when I saw the territory and possession stats for this game. Um, I think that there's just kind of a lack of trust within the team at the moment. Like, they're all, um, they're not trusting each other with defenders. You know, two defenders are trying to go in on one man. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just a little bit of a shambles all around. And I think some players are still trying. Other players are are kind of half giving up at this point. Obviously, the playoffs are a distant dream. And, um, yeah, who knows what's happening in the sheds. I mean, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in there. Um, and I can hear you, the pain in your voice as you try, try to talk about it. Um, so I'm, I'm actually interested to see what they do with the rest of the season um, psychologically and see if they can actually pull off a few wins in these last few games. Well, um, uh, Kone in the uh, in, in the live chat is going, Canes and Saders need to donate some players to the Blues. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I don't know about that. Uh, the Blues have got decent players. They've got a decent coach. Yeah. They've just got an, the, yeah. the, they've got an awful board uh, and they need to be clear out from the top bottom. I, some yeah. of the stats in this game, I, the Blues made 12 clean breaks to the Rebels 11. That it's not, so they had, the, they had some opportunities. They just didn't finish them off. But, and this is just a crazy... They had to make 179 tackles. That is a the, mammoth amount of, of tackles. Yeah, um, twice what the Rebels did. The Rebels only had to make 83. Um, the, having a 90 from 19 of their lineouts for the Rebels shows that whenever they, they try to kick through, exit through kicks, uh, the Rebels were, were secure on their own ball. They're not going to they, they just come back again. Yeah, just doing the small um, things right. That's all they needed to do. Exactly. Um, I'm going to have to call out a couple of players though because they some yeah, a, couple, couple, a couple of guys made some put in some big shifts. Um, Kano, 19 tackles, only missed one. Um, wow. Um, Tally Tui, who came on uh, as a replacement f- um, for um, uh, Papali, who uh, who went off injured. So we've got a replacement here coming on in the first half. 23 tackles, only missed one. That's wow. those guys. So there was definitely um, some big shifts put in there. Um, by yeah. the forwards the tackling on the whole was good um, with the exception of um, um, Cowley Tuliotti, uh, Tuliotti uh, who, who missed six tackles don't know how you do that but there you go yeah it's, it just goes back to there's some guys that are still really trying and they really want to turn this around and then there's other guys who are just kind of off the ball a little bit and it's a shame like the, the forwards putting in such a big effort and the ball goes wide and people are slipping off tackles or not marking properly um, so it's a shame to see because those some of those players deserve better than what they're getting at the moment. Yeah, they do. Um, I just wow, I just read this one. I can't believe Ruru, yeah. and that's the Rebels Ruru, not the Blues one. Got through a yeah. hundred passes in this game. That's a, a that's a, yeah. The Rebels, in all honesty, with all that ball, with all that attacking, should have put the Blues away yeah. um, by a lot more than just twenty points. 
Uh, so actually, the defensive effort for the Blues was good. They just couldn't get out of their out, out, out of their half. They yeah. their attacking play is there's too many fifty fifty offloads. And yeah, uh, it's a it's a funny kind of game because um, the Rebels might have been just happy to keep them pinned back in their own half and kind of subdued. Like maybe they weren't going for too many risky kicks, risky chips, or risky passes, and they were just happy to keep them pinned back there. Um, yeah, it's it's strange that they didn't score more with the, all of that ball and territory. Um, and uh, I, I, Jack, I've got to disagree with you. Sorry, Rico Iwani should leave the Blues and go to a better team. No, he shouldn't. <laughs> That's <laughs> the one, the one hope you've got left. The one hope we have. We're not. No, we're not getting rid of him. Um, so moving on, uh, Chiefs versus the Crusaders. Uh, in uh, up in uh, in Hamilton, another one that I did a uh, uh, a post match for, and the Crusaders came out uh, um, came out strong, good attack, good good tackle off, uh, sorry, good tackle, good try um, off the back of the scrum, yep, and um, oh sorry, no, it wasn't, it was tap and go, sorry, the quick tap when everyone's asleep, thinking thinking that they were going to mm. kick for the corner. Um, but they, sorry, they had some good good back moves off off an attacking scrum earlier uh, to to go seven nil up. Interesting to see that the, the Chiefs try to come back with penalties though. Yeah, that that first try, just going back to that, um, the Cody Taylor quick tap. Uh, it looked like at that point we were going to dominate the game, like we were just so switched on and looking fantastic. Um, obviously that didn't end up happening. We kind of fell asleep for the next twenty minutes or so. Um, but yeah, the the Chiefs made some strange decisions in the long run. Uh, they probably could have scored more tries. You know, they weren't looking too bad once they got down into our red zone. Um, and then they ended up scoring those two, their first and second try. Uh, the first one was the one with the ball being kicked through at the ruck, and Scott Robertson was complaining about it. Um, when he when he got interviewed, he used that opportunity to complain about it. Um, but regardless of that, they, it was a good try. I think, like, they, they managed to build up pretty well. And, um, yeah, I think Marshy... Justin Marshall was bitter about the forward pass at the end. I don't even think it was a forward pass. Um, he seems very bitter lately. I'm not entirely sure why. Man. <laughs> Maybe some personal issues or something. But, um, yeah, I don't think it was forward. I think it was a good try. Uh, another interesting one, again, um, the, Chief, the Crusaders, I think, have learnt from their game with the uh, against the Waratahs uh, and also knowing this, the, uh, the, how the Chiefs play. Again, they weren't putting boot to ball. Moang, Richard Moang was running it out quite often from the back. Um, only 18 kicks to the Chiefs 24 but from hand uh, so yeah again starving uh, the, the the Chiefs of ball again yeah this round seemed to be a lot of teams just dominating the other team like um, position and territory wise um, but I think the, the Crusaders overall we're just there's like a mentality now that we have where you'd have to go back to the uh, Robbie Deans era to find this where you just trust them to come back um, and I think that's just the positivity that Scott Robertson brings to the team. Um, they're always just, no matter how far they go behind, they, they will come back, and you just have that faith that they will come back. Um, and, yeah, there were some fantastic tries we scored late in the game as well. Yeah, and to go in the half, um, line out more, try to take the lead back again, and then obviously um, kicking the easy three when you run out of time at, at half time is it's the right option to do, uh, just to go yep. in um, yep. seven up. Interesting to see Vitalik um, pull off at halftime. Yeah, I'm not sure how serious that was. Um, I, I see there's been cover brought in to the All Blacks. I see Matt Todd's in, which I'm obviously very happy about. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? 
Oh, I missed the uh, I missed that news. And it was Matt Todd being brought in. Um, yeah, it seems strange to be pulling him off uh, for what is a crucial game for the Chiefs, but clearly the oh, was he not was he not even injured at the time? Uh, well, apparently he was he was partially injured, but not severely. Uh. Um, and so it's one of those ones where a lot of people are like, well, actually, this game is more important than actually the French tests because we're going to beat France anyway. Um, <laughs> so um, uh, a bit strange. But so I thought. Um, mm. Uh, so it says Britannic is injured, unfortunately. So perhaps he, uh, perhaps he is uh, more injured than they than they let on during the game. Um, yeah, it, it, try so. telling the, the All Blacks coaches and selectors that we're going to win easily and see what they say. Well, maybe. <laughs> okay, so, um, so so Jackson, yeah, Romano, Franklin, and Todd called into the All Blacks. So um, yeah, it shows they were light in in the in the uh, locking department already. Luke Romano scored that good try actually. Um, the, our last try where he just kind of like reached through the rock, plants it down. I guess it's the perks of being, you know, six foot eight or whatever he is. Um, so I'm glad he's in there too. Yeah, and and as, again, as I say, scoring either side of half time is what's important, and that's what bank pull, pull the uh, pull, pull the Crusaders away. You got that 34 minutes, 40 minutes, and then on 44 minutes. So yeah, a cluster of scores uh, around uh, around half time. Um, again, perfect kicking from Moanga. Uh, has he pulled himself ahead of uh, Damon McKenzie in the uh, in the the, the, the kind of the All Black stakes now with Damon McKenzie's kicking radar being so far off? Um, Damian McKenzie has more utility value than Moanga does, unfortunately. Um, if if like Bowden Barrett was injured, yeah, I'd, I'd be using Moanga's boot, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one cause just because McK- if McKenzie might end up kicking if he's on the field if he plays fullback, depending on what they're trying to do. Uh, so, yeah, if, I mean, if McKenzie was only a first five and Moanga was only a first five, then I would, depending on the opposition, I'd probably choose Moanga just for that kicking ability. Um, to, to start it off. So then we had uh, what turned out to be a bit of a crazy game over in Australia, uh, the Queensland Reds against uh, New South Wales, uh, 41-52. Um, yes. This kind of, uh, I say this one went uh, went absolutely crazy. Uh, this, I think this is the first time that the, the Reds have lost five on the trot at home to the Tars. Uh, so this was history making um, as well, and put Tars top of the top of the Australian table and in, in, in command really. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about Suncourt, but these sorts of games always happen there. Maybe it's just the good weather or something like that. Um, the first try was funny. That intercept, uh, Higginbotham just kind of pans it off to Paresi to run the last eighty meters. He's like, "I'm not fast enough for this. You can, you can have it." <laughs> Um, it was like 50 seconds in too and you're like wow this is going to be one of those games I was trying to analyse it before and it just kept going like was it 15 tries in total um, something crazy I, like that I think that. it was yeah that's um, mad it, yeah so yeah more than points a minute um, which tells you tells you something that's um, yeah and, and they kept it close I mean it was only so what was it at half time uh, it was uh, 1928 so mm. um the the Tars did pull out and the the, the Reds sort of kept, managed, managed to sort of come back a bit um, towards uh, at the beginning, uh, but then at the beginning of the second half the Tars just pulled away uh, and once they were a couple of uh, a couple of tries ahead the, the Reds were never really going to get back into this one. Um, nah, and there was a few tries towards the end where it looks like the Reds just kind of gave up. Um, the Waratahs seventh and eighth try I've got here, um, the one where Jack Gordon scored on the uh, got the inside ball. Sorry. And then um, Clark scoring in the corner as well. And they, they're just kind of lazily running across. You know, they've kind of given up on the game at that point. 
Uh, but then the Reds did manage to score two tries at the end of the game. So yeah, it's just a, just one of those mental crazy games. All the games we've talked about so far have had tackling in the eighty percent. This is the first time we dropped below that. Um, Reds sixty three percent tackling. Yeah, that makes um, the, sense. The Tars, 69% tackle, t- tackling. Um, really, the, yeah, tackling was optional um, in this yeah. game. <laughs> the um, turnovers were also pretty low, so the, the, the teams could get their phases together um, and get over that game line. Uh, yeah, 16 clean breaks for Queensland and 13 for um, uh, for, uh, um, uh, for for New South Wales. And question Nutty Coetzee says, uh, thoughts on Jake Gordon not making the Wallabies squad? Um, I don't know enough about him to really comment on that. Um, but it, yeah, he scored a try here. So yeah, put him in the Wallabies. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just trying to quickly check out his stats on this game. Um, absolutely. He's coming off the bench for the um, for the Tars anyway. So yeah, if you're coming off the bench, yeah, yeah, you're not going to be making it um, yeah. now. Admittedly, uh, they they are scrum half isn't an area of strength for the, for the, for the Wallabies. But um, yeah, uh, if 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 they if, if club level Phipps is supposed to be better better player, then I think um, you're not going to have uh, you're not going to get on not going to get in the squad uh, that that way. Yep. Uh, the other the other interesting thing about this game was Falau's performance because I thought he was fantastic, um, and it, it's kind of. I think it's difficult for some people to um, rationalise in their head, like, do I like this guy, do I not like this guy? Uh, but that, where he just ran onto that chip, is almost like it's just bounced up perfectly for him, and he just took it and ran straight to the corner. Um, and then, of course, the big giant league kind of um, jump that he did, that massive vertical jump uh, to grab that ball. So I think he had a really good game as well, kind of regardless of what everyone thinks of him off the field at the moment. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't like him as a person. Um, yeah, or no, I don't think many not, people do. Not, 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 that <laughs> no. actually, not that I actually met and talked to him, but I don't like his opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, but as a player, yeah, he's a fantastic player. And, and, uh, and yeah, second to none in the air. You've, you've, if you've got that kind of attacking ability, uh, you've got to use it. And when he was playing on the right wing for a few games, I thought that was perfect because you just had, every time they would attack down the left, ball comes back out, Foley does a crossfield kick. And that's pretty much yeah. was the entire um, yeah. uh, Tars tactics. We've got a big guy on the left who can get down, who can break break the game line, get the ball back to us, and then just kick in. Yeah, and that's um, you don't need much else if it's if it's working yeah. that well. Uh, yeah, great, uh, wonderful player, um, questionable person. Um, the and Beal I mean, uh, had a, had a, has a good game when he um, obviously steps into that first receiver a lot on, on the attack uh, and runs things for them. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that all kind of works out and how they do it at um, uh, at the Wallabies level. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other person that had a good game as well was Nairo Ravoro. Um, there was one try where he just beat three defenders um, all in succession, and you know the defensive system can't do anything about that when you've got him just charging at you. There's not much you can do. So I think he had a really good game as well. Um, and also Rona for the Reds. Um, he did one ridiculous pass. I think it was him um, where he just kind of, you couldn't even see it. He was like going to ground and he somehow just did a perfect pass out the back. Um, so he had a good game as well. Yeah, Naravoro uh, was, was having a great game on the wing um, for a few games. They then were listened to the commentators too much and said, oh, we should be bringing him inside. 
and they brought him inside for a couple of games and when he was up against other big guys he wasn't making the making making the meters yeah. and it looks like they've put him they've, they've told him just to stay up back on the wing again don't ask yeah. him to come and find work he doesn't need to yeah, get him just just leave him out there and let him do what he does, does best yeah. exactly um, and that's why I've got a problem with, with uh, Gibson as a, as a coach is I don't think he knows his own mind enough um, and listened to too many people yeah although um the interesting thing was they had to they were like forced to fire their i think defense coach because they ran out of money so the waratahs are, i think that it's just him basically at the moment so maybe there is no one for him to listen to anymore um, <laughs> i'm not sure i'm not sure what's going on at the waratahs oh dearie me uh, yeah uh, yeah australia does have problems with money um all the time finally the last game um on sunday the Brumbies versus the Sunwolves reserves. Um, the interesting sort of pre-match run-up to this of uh, Checker asking the Brumbies to rest through their players uh, and them turning around and saying no, um, which was... Uh, Love it. Which, <laughs> um, and it was like, well, they didn't ask the other clubs to rest their players. The other pl- clubs were playing the day before. The problem that, they've, that he's got now is that those players... Um, have to rest on uh, on Monday, and they can only have one physical training session between now and the Irish Test. Uh, if they played a day twenty four hours earlier, there wouldn't be a problem because then they'd be able to yeah. have that two sessions. So I, I get why he did it, um, and people have sort of missing that fact that uh, that it didn't. The, the other teams didn't. He's need not to just rest picking on the Brumbies. No, he's not just picking on the Brumbies. Um, I watched the first half and just gave up because. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't bother with the second half because this was just so much of a, <laughs> uh, a one-sided affair. Uh, the, the, the Sunwolves, when they've got all their best players, um, can, can put up a fight in these games. When they've lost all their brave blossoms to uh, international camp training in uh, in Singapore and they've just got their foreign players and their second or third string local players, they're just not up to it really. They just don't have the depth to, to cope with that. Yep, definitely agree. And again, this is another game where the Brumbies just dominated territory and possession, like 62 and 63. Um, they ran 468 metres to the Sunwolves, 330. Um, not much kicking in this game, but um, yeah, the, the Brumbies were able to just basically control the game, I think. And whilst um, the, the the Sunwolves were respectable tackling at 80%, um, mm. the Brumbies still managed to get 22 clean line breaks, which is just crazy. Um, it just shows you that whilst the one-up tackling and all the endeavour was there, but the structure's not there because it's just not their first team who are used to playing with each other. Um, and if you, yep. and that's what's going to happen to you. Um, yeah, and I see there's only six offloads here as well to the Brumbies' 14. Um, so yeah, maybe that little bit of trust was just lacking with the, like you say, all the fresh faces there. Yeah, just combinations aren't there. Um, Mm. And uh, so, yeah, uh, the Brumbies tackling of 77% on another day is not going to win them games. Um, so, uh, yes, take the win. Be yeah, happy. Where are they? Um, They're 11th at the moment. That's not as bad as I thought. <laughs> um, it's like the bottom is the Sun Wolves. Uh, and then the Blues, Reds, Bulls, Brumbies, Stormers, Sharks. Um, and then the Rebels are 8th at the moment. I hope they kind of stay there. It'll be good to see them in the finals. Um, obviously, they'd have to come and play us. Is that how it works? They would have this to, new format. So I think eighth would play first. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes, they'd have to come play us, which would kind of be a losing battle. But 
it'd be good to see them down here. I don't know. The, Re- the Rebels have won in Christchurch before. Yes, that no, that's true. That's true. I'll give you that one. <laughs> it is a few years ago, admittedly, and, uh, <laughs> um, under a different coach. Um, so yeah, so it's a shortened round, and that's uh, um, and, and I think we've kind of seen there that, as you say, the Crusaders, uh, I think, have probably booked themselves the that, that, that top slot now. Um, yeah, hopefully, with the. <laughs> Um, with the Waratahs still being chased by the Rebels, but getting that they got an important win um, over the Reds uh, to keep themselves top of the table. Um, I've actually not got the table in front of me at the moment, but um, it's all good. I've got, I've got it. So, uh, so yeah, the Waratahs are third um, with that top spot of the conference. Then Hurricanes, Highlanders, Chiefs, all battling it out, and then the Hawaris, which I've now learned how to say it properly, um, and the Rebels. So that's, so that's the top eight as it stands at the moment. Uh, yeah, I hope I kind of hope it stays like that. It'd be interesting to see um, an Argentinian side in the playoffs again. If what you're saying is correct about the format, they'd have to travel to play the Lions, which would be interesting. So um, yeah, I hope they continue. Well, I was hoping they were going to try and catch the uh, the Lions, but the Lions win in that mm. last weekend has probably gives them that six point lead. Um, sure, the Hagaros have got a game in hand, so if they get a try bonus point, that'll put them one point behind them. So there is an outside chance that the Hagarais could uh, could top the Africa oh, yeah. Conference. Imagine that. That'd be great. Put some money on that. Um, yeah, I. What are you? What are your thoughts on the international coaches kind of coming in and saying um, you have to rest these players? Uh, these players have to stay off um, because, like these, the games in the conferences are now more important than ever because finishing top of your conference is a massive, massive advantage. I don't know if anyone's ever won from outside the top of the conference in Super Rugby um, in this new system. Someone will probably call me out on that in the chat. But, uh, yeah, I think international teams getting involved and saying, you know, you can't play these players or um, you have to take this player off at a certain time and they're only allowed to play this long. Um, It's it's just kind of taking value away from Super Rugby. Um, So, yeah, I'd I'd be interested to know what your thoughts are on that as well. Well, on that first piece about winning overseas, so... The, I think the Crusaders are the only team to have won a Super Rugby final overseas. Uh, I think is how it goes. Uh, so, yeah. But um, we did we top our conference in that we did. Uh, possibly year? you did, but but yeah. I want to say, but that's, that, it, what Super Rugby's been going for what's it twenty odd years now? Um, yeah. And only twice has an overseas team won uh, a final. So I mean, the Highlanders won, have won, uh, beat, beat uh, won as an away final, but that was in New Zealand. Um, so getting that home ground advantage um, against foreign opposition for that final is important. So again, that number one seed or number two seeding is vital. Uh, as you say, getting yep. getting top of that top of your conference is is, is important. Um, now, the Australian team, teams apparently said they didn't want to start a week early in the way that the South African teams did. Um, uh, and so if you're going to turn around and say, no, we don't want to start a week early to give Checker his extra time, then yes, he should be able to pull players. Uh, if you're not going to, uh, personally, if you're not going to, if you're not going to play ball and help him out that way, um, then you should, then, then, then tough. It sounds very political. Um, um, if I was a, if I was a weaker Australian team with not as many Wallabies, I'd say, yeah, we don't want to start a week early. We want you to have to rest your players that round and, um, give us more of a chance. So maybe they should just make it mandatory that this is when we start, this is when we finish, and 
um, this is where the international windows fit. Um, but m- maybe someone else can figure that one out. Um, obviously, they're, they're trying to do their best at the moment, but it just seems strange that uh, we have all this cotton wool around players at this crucial stage of the season. Uh, to, to me, the, the, the one that I disagree with is the Chiefs losing their players to an All Blacks camp when they're on tour. Um, every yep. other team, uh, the, the camps were arranged so that they could have their pl- they would lose their players for training, fine, but they were back again for the weekend's games. Yeah. Um, the camp for the Chiefs should have been arranged so that, they were, that the Chiefs players were called in when they weren't overseas. That's that, 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 that one I disagree with. Yeah. Although we can't give the Chiefs too many excuses. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, then, and again, as, if, if you know you've got to rest your players for two weeks, which is like, like they have to do for, in New Zealand, uh, that you plan ahead of it. You plan it ahead of time. Um, and if you get lucky that someone gets injured for two weeks, then, hey, you use that instead, don't you? Yeah. Um, um, just looking at this table as well, I just want to say all the pundits, the professional pundits in the newspapers here, uh, they were predicting... The Hurricanes to sweep Super Rugby this season. Um, the Crusaders to come either second or third. Um, and then the Blues to beat the Chiefs and the Chiefs to finish rock bottom. So I think we can see how dead wrong that is. And um, I think everyone should stick with um, independent rugby commentators because um, obviously the professional <laughs> pundits don't know what they're talking about. No, and uh, quite a lot of the time they're doing it deliberately just to just to get the right, just to get clicks. Yeah, just um, to get clickbait. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I mean, and, and even though we've said actually the Crusaders are clear, um, what I've forgotten is that the Hurricanes do have a game in hand, so they can get within four points. Um, but it would really require the Crusaders to to lose um, to slip one, up to slip up to, to to not to not come top. Um, so it could happen. It could happen. Um, as you say, then it gets tight between. So the Hurricanes are on forty five points, the Highlanders on forty, um, and the Chiefs on thirty seven points. Uh, so that's all. So those three teams. Now, with the Haguaris on 34 points and the Melbourne Rebels on 34 points, they're not that far behind the Chiefs. And I'm not sure what the final Chiefs games are. But if they've got some interconference games, um, then let's figure it out. Then they could actually miss out. Um, they, they could be sort of giving up points there if they've got tougher games. So they. So there is a small okay. chance that they would so uh, slip out. The Chiefs have the Highlanders um, away. And the Brumbies at home, and the Hurricanes at home. So I'd say two out of three of those are not guaranteed wins in the slightest. Um, even the Brumbies won, you know, and you never know what's going to happen in these last few rounds. But um, yeah, they so they could think, be very close come the last round. So they've got uh, they, they they should be the Brumbies. Um, whereas yep. I know, remember the the, the Haguaros, all their games are now into conference games against Sharks, Storms, and Bulls. Um, I think are the three games they've got left. Um, so the Haguaros are, are in with a shout of finishing this game, finishing the with, with three more wins, um, which would def- definitely um, put pressure on the highlight on, on the Chiefs um, and also the Lions, actually, for that matter. So, um, so yeah, it's not guaranteed that New Zealand will get four teams in yet, um, but I, but they probably will. Yeah, I think they will. Like the, the they will beat the Brumbies at home. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're looking at least three. Depending on the bonus point situation, yeah, I think they should be fine. Uh, but I think it's Drebbles personally that ones I think are probably going to miss out um, of, uh, from, from not. this. You hope not. <laughs> have a quick. Yeah, I'd at- like to see the. I'd like to see some of these teams that have never made a playoff to get into the playoffs. So yeah, I hope not. Yeah, I, I'd say I think the Haguaris will get in ahead of the ahead of the, ahead of the Rebels. That's my 
That's my expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, thank you very much for joining me. Um, and uh, hopefully now you've enjoyed it and uh, you'll, 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 we'll be having you back on. Um, let everyone know where they can find your great content and what you get up to. Right, so um, my channel's called Hypersport. It's spelt a bit strangely. It's um, H-Y-P-R and then hyphen sport. Um, basically, all I'm doing at the moment is live streams. I'm trying to get as good as Paul here at live streaming. Um, so I'm practicing a lot. I'm uh, trying to watch as many full games of rugby as I can. Obviously, some of you may tell that I've uh, gone off the highlights for this video. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to watch rugby again. I've been taking some time off, but um, I'm, I'm glad to be back and on the Driving Mall Show, um, definitely something if you're a rugby YouTuber, it's something you definitely have to do. Uh, kind of like a rite of passage is going on Paul's show. So um, cheers, Paul. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Oh, dear, the flattery will get you everywhere, sir. Um, of course, I'm in Paul, go home Driving Mall. Always up for good rugby chats. Comments down below. Hit that um, like button. Whoops, don't hit it twice. Obviously, that'll unlike it. So like it and also subscribe. And uh, I will catch you all tomorrow night with the Hash Rugby Chats, where we're going over all the hot topics in rugby back on Wednesday night with the All Blacks edition. And then we'll be previewing the international games on Thursday night. So a full week of shows for you. Um, Don't forget to dial in.